A Syracuse Sports Center starts now. Good afternoon. I'm Seth Goldberg. Syracuse in action tonight against number 10, North Carolina. Tar Heels come into the game as a four-point favorite. Syracuse will have to be strong on the glass. The Orange 0-4 this season when its opponents get more rebounds than SU. UNC has a plus 11.7 rebounding margin that leads the nation. We'll get you started with pregame on ESPN Radio Syracuse at 6. Tip-off at 7 on TK99 ESPN AM 1200. I don't think anybody else heard heard that, so that's good. Uh, crunch in action tonight in Rochester. This is 6th of 10 meetings between the two teams. Syracuse leads the season series so far. Puck drop set for 7.05. Coverage starts at 6.50 here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. American downhill skier Lindsey Vaughn earned bronze last night in what's likely her final race. Vaughn at 33, the oldest woman ever to win an Alpine medal at the Winter Olympics. And USA women's hockey goes for gold tonight. They take on rival Canada, who met in the gold medal game in each of the last two Olympics in Sochi in 2014. The U.S. blew a two-goal lead in the final minute of play, and Canada took it in overtime. Puck drop, puck drop shortly after 11. I'm Seth Goldberg. The Daniel Baldwin Show starts now. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Uh, Welcome to the big show. <laughs> and you know it. Trying to find an original way to do it each time is becoming a little harder. And harder. You can go back to the classics. Oh, Don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah. Okay, so Seth, I didn't let Seth leave because Seth just reported on something very interesting to me, a story that I've been dying to tell on this show, so I'm going to lead it in with Seth. Seth, does anyone, how do we, how do we hate Canada as we go into this gold medal game <laughs> with the U.S. women against Canadians in hockey? Because uh, they're good at hockey. So, I, I, so hate them because they're good? I think so. And their universal health care... And their communist state <laughs> and their, and their handsome, socialist government, handsome prime minister or whatever the heck he is. Yeah, isn't that Trudeau's French son? Name. So, so, so no. I, I have a personal vendetta. Um, a lot of people will say, "How can you hate a country that says sorry for saying sorry so much?" Uh, but I do. I have a personal vendetta against the country. The Baldwin family all has a personal vendetta against Canada. Now, like flashback to my agent calling me as they're releasing the movie South Park. And my agent says, hey, dude, you got to go see South Park. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I don't watch the series. I have no interest. He said, no, you have to go see the movie South Park. And I said, come on, are you just going to tell me what it is? He goes, no, go see it. So, of course, I put the baseball cap on, sunglasses, and I go and I see South Park. Now, in the movie, Canada needs to find a way to provoke the U.S. into a nuclear confrontation, full-on world war. So they're going through the different way. We'll bomb the White House. We'll kill the president. We'll do all this stuff. And they've got all the generals around the table. And the guy goes, I know. I got it. We'll bomb the Baldwin Brothers Bel Air compound. America will be outraged by this. So, of course, they now portray Alec, Billy, Stephen, and I as you know, tiny little figures with giant hairy chests and speedo. <laughs> it's really funny. And it's speedo. Really funny. <laughs> Josh is like, I knew suits. where this was going. Yeah, it's and, really funny. And, and we're around the pool, and I have a great line. I say, Alec, you know what sucks about being a Baldwin? He goes, No, Daniel, what? We all tip our martinis up and go, Nothing. Ha ha. We drink the drink down, and the F-16s fly over and kill all of us. <laughs> So at the cost of those communist bastard Canadians, <laughs> the Baldwin brothers die in this film. It, 
That's my note. Is it a fairly accurate representation? Did you all hang around in towels with no shirts on, sipping martinis? The excessively hairy chest is definitely a Baldwin trait. Sure. My daughter uh, Finley, who recently told me out on the lake at the house, she said I had no shirt on. I'm down by the lake. We're swimming around. She goes, you know, Daddy, a tiger would never eat you. And I looked at my daughter and I said, what? And she goes, yeah, a tiger would never eat you, Daddy. You're way too hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouths yeah. of little children. Barely. Uh, yeah. I want to add Seth into this segment, too. Oh, uh, no. Now, now, I want to ask the opinion of the three men. Paulie the Mall is here. Mm. Of course, Josh and Josh. K-Rock Josh, the legendary K-Rock Josh. Thank you. And Seth and Stein, our ESPN updater. So I want to know, is stripping or dance pole dancing on a pole, is that really a sport? Now, I've talked to Brent Axe about what qualifies a sport just before I came on today. And he said, actually, no, figure skating I don't believe is a sport because you can't get a knockout. It's, it's by a judge. You cannot win the competition. So by that definition, gymnastics, according to Brent, is not a sport. Boxing is excluded because you do have the option of knocking your opponent out and taking it out of the judge's hands. Interesting. But otherwise, anything where you do not have the ability to beat your opponent directly is not a sport according to Axe. So, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think gymnastics is most definitely a sport and and, and so on. Cheerleading so. and whatnot. That's, uh, uh, so, in Brent's world, figure skating would just be not, you go until an you collapse. Yeah, so you die. And then yeah, the yeah. next person. Whoever lasts the yeah. longest. Marathon skating. Yeah. Marathon skating. Yeah, exactly right. So, so is stripping... Or dancing with a, uh, in, in a club mm-hmm. is, is that is that a form of dancing and therefore a sport? I guess by no. by Brent's no, ruling, no, Seth. I would say uh, no. This isn't Brent any longer. This is us. It's athletic. That's it's athletic, sure. but I don't know how you would judge it. I believe there's a lot of cash going on. Judging <laughs> When I mean, April's sunshine comes out versus Sally Snow, yeah. and one makes four hundred per round, and the other makes two, the okay. competition's over. So it's a ca- it's a cash grab. Whoever has the most, the biggest pile of money at the end. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with the idea that it's definitely athletic, uh, and and that could be considered uh, with judges. In there the would be an easy way to judge this because it happens at every strip club. Tell me if you put a hundred dudes in front of the stage, and the girl comes out and starts dancing, and then the crowd vanishes. Yeah. Whichever yeah, girl yeah, keeps the, the most, most guys. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, when they announce table dances are half price now, they all leave anyway. Right. Sure. No, so. but there wouldn't be table dances at the Olympics. China wants to ban the bizarre practice of hiring strippers to perform at funerals. Mm. In most provinces in China, believe it or not. My mom had that. China. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she parties. That is a a happy family, man. China has announced a crackdown on the use of strippers at funerals, claiming that the bizarre and increasingly popular practice is corrupting the social atmosphere of the country. The Minister of Culture says it is no longer willing to tolerate the obscene, pornographic, and vulgar performances and has set a hotline across 19 cities in Henyan, Jinsu, and Hebei provinces. Exactly. Exactly right. Where callers will be offered cash incentives to inform authorities if this ah, ban has been boo. flouted. I have a problem with this. Going to a funeral is a very hard thing to do. To have some of that anxiety relieved, I think is imperative. I think this practice should be taken on immediately. Write your congressman. If you can't have strippers at funerals, half my family can't come to my funeral. I'm funerals. trying I mean, to go through the visualization of grandma over the casket as they're lowering it down. <laughs> and then here, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome Lexus. Oh my God. Yeah, Alexa <laughs> on stage best, two. Best dad joke right now. Do it. Just do it. Do it. So China is asking people to finger 
the strippers at the funeral? <laughs> no, that's not a good one. It's not a good one. <laughs> not your best work. No, that was not, not oh, come your on. best work. No, 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 no. Oh. No, no, no. Seth, you know, what, I, I don't even know where to go Seth, now. You, I look at you, Seth, and I see you as, as, as rather asexual. When's the last time? <laughs> wow. When's the last time you went? Have you ever been to a strip club? No, you've never been. Have you ever been no. to a Chinese funeral? <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Can't say I have. Do you no. plan to marry Chinese? <laughs> Why uh, have you not? You've never, never been had to, the How old are you? I've just never gone. Would you go with 24? me? Twenty-four. <laughs> If I took you? <laughs> no. I Why? I don't know. I don't feel... I don't, I don't, you don't know. Feel I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> well, that's just, uh, here, here, here is words. I don't know. I don't feel I need to. So what do the people need that are going into the strip like, club? Do you think? I don't know. I don't feel like I'm... Uh, I don't know. I don't, he, look at Seth. He's, get, he's getting his rocks off other ways. He doesn't know what do strip club. <laughs> what he is, he is. He's all over you town. You haven't had a good pant burn. In a- <laughs> <laughs> are you married? Girlfriend? No. no. Nothing? No. no. Come on, live a little bit. Well, he is asexual. <laughs> yeah, he's, asexual. <laughs> he's a walking Ken doll lover. I don't know what he is. <laughs> I like him as a guy, but I'm just saying I don't think... Uh, Do you have feelings? Nah, I, just, I mean, I, I don't see Seth as ever fe- like being interested in that. Oh, I would pay money to watch Seth get a lap dance. <laughs> I would pay money. I would. I would definitely fund this trip. <laughs> I would. Fund, I would fund this trip. I don't want to go uh, uh, because for me, the worst thing ever is my wife knows that, that. You know, if I need any of that, she'll just slip the outfit on and do it for sure, me. Sure. Right. Home. Right. Right. So. So. But the worst for me is I would get photographed in that situation for yeah, sure. Yeah. There's Daniel. Elvis. So I would do. But I would Facebook Live to see Seth enjoying himself, <laughs> and I would definitely put up several C notes to see what I would want to see is a a, a short videos ten seconds long every hour of the progression as he's wolfing down tequila. <laughs> and at the end, I want to see him, you know, biting the panties. Hey, 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 you know, yeah, because you don't stray from, from booze. I've seen you had a, have a beer, yeah. right? So you'll, you'll get oh, a little loose. Yeah, so I've never been to a bachelor party that took on in a strip club. No. His, kids are, his friends are too young. They yeah, too young. yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, I want little cloud, like cartoon clouds over Seth's head as it happens so listeners can write in what they what think. What they say. Yeah. I was on a movie. I was Speech shooting bubbles. a movie. Yeah. I was shooting a movie called Bodily Harm, and we're shooting in Vegas. And uh, and I'm with uh, you know a few guys on the crew, and they were from L.A., and they came out. And, you know, and, and it's way different when you're in Vegas than when you're in other cities. Sure. I mean, it's like ridiculous off the chain there. So they want to go, hey, man, we're, we're thinking about going to the Crazy Horse. They have this big show, some famous porn star or whatever is going to do the job. And, uh, and they said, you know, can you get us tickets? And I said, well, no, you'd much prefer if I just showed up with you. Trust me. And then I'll leave. And right. I go, well, what do you mean? I go, so my assistant who had never, he was only a couple of movies with me and I'm not a strip club guy too much. So I said, well, allow me to demonstrate. You know, so we go in and there's the line out front and I walk up front and hey man, I left my name Baldwin. I go, hey, Mr. Baldwin, how you doing? <laughs> Walks us in. They literally took like four gigantic guys and and some of these Vegas strip clubs, these guys are, you know, not not that they're bodybuilder big. They're ex-football they're players a lot of times. They're giant yeah. guys that if, you, know, you, you, you can't get your, your, your hand around their whole arm yeah, with yeah, two yeah. hands. And, yeah. and so these huge guys are there and they get up and they went to the biggest table in the VIP and they went, get up. <laughs> and these Russian guys are looking at them and go, hey, and they go, get up. <laughs> and so they get up, they clear everything off the table, they sit this down and they just start walking them in. Yeah. And with, you know, these couple of these guys, these are like sound guys, really geeky, nerdy guys. And they've got four girls each piled on top. And I went, I walked up to the guy and I handed like 500 bucks to go, take care of my boys. And he goes, yes, sir, Mr. Walter. And I walked out. The next day they came into work and they looked like the Rodney King. You know, they looked like they, looked like they had just been cross-eyed. They were so bad. I had no idea. It was, it was brilliant. That'd be the day after when Seth comes back from the strip club. Yeah, He'd that's be, what I mean. I'm willing to fund that. He'd be I'm dizzy. That. and I'm in for 500. 
I'm in for five hundred. I'm in Seth, for five. Five dollars. Bust, bust the Seth Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cherry, cher, cherry, cherry pole dance. Nobody, nobody up at SU ever was like, "Hey, let's go to the strip club." You went to SU? Yeah. Nobody was like, "Let's no. run." No. Aren't there strip clubs in Syracuse? Plenty. Really, I've never seen one. Oh, that's not true. My friend Andy's wife used to bartend at one. I think he said. Yeah, there's, so there's, there's, there's plenty, and there's some not bad ones. Seth is squirming. Fully nude. Uh, yes. well, the no, rule I... in New York State is you can do fully nude without booze. Oh, that's going to ruin it. So though. you can drink a Snapple and see the whole show, or you can have a, a <laughs> beverage. <laughs> no, we got to get him into a place that has, because I'm sure yeah. there's the, there's the VIP somewhere. Let's where take him right to somebody... Reno. Let's go to Reno. Let's get him. Re- is that the name of a club? No, is Reno, like city? Reno, Nevada. Let's get him out there. Oh, we don't we don't have to go that far. <laughs> we can go down to New York City, and go to Scores. Right. Those VIPs yeah. get expensive. Yeah, I heard Here that you had a twelve hundred dollar experience at one of them once, didn't you? Uh, Wasn't there some story? But yeah, I heard some I'll story tell you, off the air. <laughs> oh! At the final four, a couple. Yeah, all right. I heard this story. I heard this story. There was that. When Paulie used to back in the day when he would drink, he would get to a point, you know, where you're, you're at that point where you suddenly become Mr. Generous. You know, get all those guys. I love yeah, all those yeah, guys. Yeah, that's him. And Paulie turns and he gets the tab after, and he doesn't realize he's had, a, you know, a good whatever eight, ten, whatever. And he's pretty sauced. He gets a bill. It's twelve hundred bucks. <laughs> did, did you see Jay Z or whoever it was at the party for <laughs> for ninety three thousand dollars? Nobody remembers the story because it came up on his credit card as like another place that he didn't go to. So he's like, he's "What is this place?" It? And then he had to figure it out. Oh, that's a oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> I say, I say, if I say, "Boo!" to Banning Strat. What a brilliant idea to bring in a little breath of sunshine and life into a funeral. Yes, my kids are jumping in the window. Oh, well, I that kind of ruins see, the mood. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, I hope about, it does mean they're not listening, yeah. which is really good. Because I don't know if they're, they're going to go. The reports can be very positive. All right, positive Seth, you're, you're free to go. You're free. Seth, to go. let's go to break. We'll be back with the Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. After this. Tonight, Syracuse welcomes North Carolina to the Dome. Syracuse game day starts at 5.30. Tip off at 7 on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now! And we are back with another round of Polly the Mole's So What? Exciting. So what? My first so what's going to be nothing to do with sports. Wayne Brady is coming to Del Lago, and I am putting it on your shoulders, my friend, to get him on the phone. Why with are us. you so excited about Wayne I Brady? I don't know. I love Wayne Brady. <laughs> okay, so is it? I'm like a 50 year old white woman. What's Wayne? What's Wayne doing at Del Lago? Is he singing? Is Stand he telling up. jokes? Is he, he, what is he doing? He's uh, he's a singer and actor. Okay, when is he there? Uh, May 5th. So we got a lot of time. Okay, so May 5th. What I we would scream do. like a high school girl if. All right, I so got to do, see Wayne Brady. Do we, you're going to scream like a high school girl. First of all, I will get Wayne. I know Wayne a long time. So I will try to, I will for sure get him on the phone. But uh, do we need to go to the show? Yes. And go backstage and meet Wayne? Yes. Have please. a bro date. Have a bro date. I just started sweating. <laughs> right. I'm getting the papers. What is, <laughs> so so I will Wayne take you. Brady? I love I will Wayne ta- Brady, I will man. take Who's you. Oh, he's very funny, actually. I know he is, but um, I've never seen Polly get like this. Whose line is right, it so anyway? Let's go, let's go to the great one while we're here, Jason Klug. Let's start our round. I will text Jason and tell mm-hmm. him that we're going. I'm bringing Polly the Mole backstage for Wayne Brady. Tell Wayne I'm coming, and we need him on the show. <laughs> All right. I'll take care of it right now. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban calls tanking brutal but acknowledged that he told his team that it would be best to lose for the rest of the 2017-18. He did. He did. I don't know what's going on over at the Mavericks, but they are 
it, it, like even the front office is saying it's a hostile environment and it's all these weird stories happening. Well, 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 okay, I'm not going to say so what that because of the magnitude of what's being suggested. So I want to get clarification on it first. Are you saying that he told them he to took not? his team to dinner and said, said it would be, be better if you be, don't win? Yeah. Although the lottery now isn't it harder to get the ping pong balls? I think you only got like a 14% chance if you have the worst record. So he's so. looking to set himself up for a better season later. Yeah, for a better draft better pick. Better draft pick. I, that's not a so walk, because that's messed up. If you're telling somebody to throw the fight. Well, no, no, no. This is, there's, there's, uh, by the way, hell yes, you're in. On, All right. Thank you. On, uh, Del Lago, you're done. Tickets, whatever you need. Um, so, uh, and we'll get him on the show, too. He's writing about getting on the show. I'm sure he'll deliver him because uh, he'll say it's me, and I'm sure he'll come on. So anyway, so that's taken care of. Um, but uh, uh, no, no, no. That, I believe that even the mere suggestion out to dinner with the team from an owner. Now, I know Mark a long time, so I'm, I'm hoping that this was said facetiously or you know tongue-in-cheek with maybe some truth to it but not intent because I will promise you that this is going to be looked at by the front office. The, the, the league office is going to have something to say about that. Um, you, you, even the mere suspicion that you're doing that to advance yourself uh, with the probability of more chances to get a higher draft pick would be um, absolutely against the rules. Has he admitted to it or just the team? He said saying- it on a podcast. The... Uh- the Sixers did it, but they just called it the process, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so so if you have a starting lineup or a starting, say, rotation of seven that have the most minutes on a team, and you're getting down to the last 15 games, and suddenly four of those guys' get, minutes get cut in half, and, and you know, then, then there's something to be suspicious of. And that would involve the coach in collusion with an ownership or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that Mark Cuban has some control. He's more of a Steinbrenner kind of guy where he would go into a coach and tell him some of the things he's in favor of happening on the court. And I, I imagine if they didn't happen, they'd have a new coach. So uh, uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Maybe we should text uh, Cuban and ask him for a comment. Uh, this could have Syracuse implications. Tim Tebow could be a major leaguer, according to Sandy Alderson of the Mets. Someone asked whether I think he'll be a major leaguer, Alderson said. And I said, yes, at some point, I think he will play in the major leagues. That's my guess. That's my hope. And to some extent... Now, after a year and a half, it's a modest expectation. Okay, so uh, you do remember where you told me I was out of my mind when I said he. I still play for think New York you're Mo- out of your mind if you think. Oh, so this he, gives it no validity. The, the only reason they do this is to sell tickets. Listen, this guy, like him or not, and I happen to really like him. Have you read his book? I have not, but I like what he oh, does. Shaken is a great book, and so so anyway, he does a lot uh, of good. Things. I like the fact a uh, few things about him. I like that. Um, uh, you know, he he rose to the highest level as a quarterback in college football, Heisman winner, um, and he then turned around and, and you never really developed. He was a great athlete, which is testimony that he's about to try another pro sport. That's that's no easy task to make it in either of those games. But uh, yes, I believe he'll get a look more than the average guy because of who he is and the story behind it and everything else. But ki- don't kid yourself for a second. No coach is going to keep a guy in a team when he could have another guy that's better than him to help him win because those coaches want to get out of AAA and want to get out of minor league baseball just as bad as the players do. So I don't believe for a minute that he's going to make any longevity in the Mets organization if he's not qualified to do so and hasn't proven his way in. They may be more patient with him for a little while, but my prediction is he plays in the major leagues too. Do you think that if he comes through Syracuse on the the Chiefs, he gets like Strasburg-level ticket sales? People... Yeah, absolutely. Out. He does it. That's that's I, that, that's the only reason he's a Met. 
okay. is to make money. So, so, so then let's put put ourselves. That's interesting. You would say that. So what's the? How many people can sell out this place? Does it normally sell, come close to selling? No, no, okay. my God, no. Okay. There's more so, people in this room than so, the ever keep so, came. So, so what? What? What capacity are we talking about? Five thousand. I have no idea. Uh, it can't be big. It's probably yeah. it's not even big. Eight, as a, probably. Right. Okay. So eight. So he's going to bring in an extra three, six thousand ticket sales a game if if he packs them just because he's playing. You know, this is like when Jordan did it. You know, but not as big. So he's going to pack them in. What is it? Five bucks a ticket? What's it cost to go to a yeah, game? Yeah, pretty much. Probably. Or right. Just pick them so up off the about, counter. Think about, <laughs> think about what they're going to probably have to pay him if they want to hold on to him. I, I imagine he's coming in for not a lot till he proves himself. But I'm sure that it's incentive driven. If you're Tim Tebow and you're in the in the in the booth, he was calling games last year. You're talking about six figure contracts, so they're not making enough to compensate him if he doesn't have a chance. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy now. If the Mets picked him up, and you're talking about buying at a major league stadium, what it costs to buy a ticket, and he's going to turn another ten, fifteen thousand tickets per home game, then it becomes worthwhile to pay him his million, two million, or whatever you're going to pay him because mm-hmm. it's got to be. A decent amount of money. He's Tim Tebow. You know, he can he can write another book and make five sure. million dollars. So why would he go out there and put himself to the test? He's twenty nine and batting two twenty six. Come on. Well, it's not like he's been at it for a little while. So he's batting two twenty six. Yeah, right now two. He's, he's playing right minor now. Leagues. He's playing right now, batting two twenty six. What's his at bats and hits? No, that was after his one season in the minors. Right, which so was when? Year. It's last year. But he's twenty nine. Well, that's it. He's at his peak then. Yeah, and he's batting two twenty six. Well, but he hasn't been playing. Give the guy a chance. Why are you so negative? I'm not, okay, okay, <laughs> I hope he succeeds. Why are you so negative? A great shining example for young men and girls. What a great guy this guy is. What a great. I, I want my kid to grow up to be. I get and, it, and, but and this is an exploitation of a great man. Oh, listen to you. This is the same guy that voted with me to have strippers at funerals. <laughs> NBT Bank Stadium holds eleven thousand, by the way. So. And they 11, and they usually bring in like three hundred is it, what they bring in. So are you, you serious? Can, it's like three hundred. It's 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 embarrassing to the point of where they've had to put tarps over the upper levels so that you didn't see the empty seats. Wow. So it would be to Paulie's point financially beneficial to the Mets to have a Tim Tebow, even if he's just at a Syracuse level, because he'd sell a lot of tickets and a lot of beer and a lot of hot dogs. Man, we got to work out some kind of thing like in a preseason game we get to pitch an inning or something. <laughs> we got to do something. They're like Tim Tebow do it. Yeah. Let me pitch against Tebow. I'll yeah. pitch against Tebow. I mean, when Strasburg came through Syracuse, they sold out every game. Every game. Can I pitch against Tebow? Sure. I'll let you do whatever you want. Knuckle, knuckle junk. I have no... From junk food junkie. Knuckle we, junk. We have a connection. Don't Google that. Yeah. <laughs> we have a yeah. connection with the Auburn Double Days again. Uh, Salzoni's in there. He can get his first pitch over there. Salzoni can get his first pitch. Yeah. We're going to bring Larry in. We're going to do a picture uh, here today at the conclusion of the show. And uh, we're going to use this picture, and I'm going to have it made into some type of uh, banner for the backdrop. Does that mean I can't cover uh, the ESPN radio? I should leave the ESPN radio and put it on below it? No, that would be behind your head. What if I no, have ESPN radio put on the banner? Can I take that Perfect. Down? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, we'll just we'll put hooks up and we'll put it up when the show goes on the air. Oh, look at him! Marketing thinks marketing. What's more, so what? And in his first interview since suffering a severe spinal injury in early December, Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier says he plans to play football again. I can't imagine that either. That was not a good injury. Uh, you know, that's really a silly idea for him to do. I mean, but you know, just to prove how silly it is. So what? 
Wow. I'll drop a so what. <laughs> and so finally, fun. a man and woman allegedly fleeing a bank robbery were arrested in uh, Nebraska on Monday after they stopped at a Tim Hortons drive-thru while being chased by the police. They have clean bathrooms. <laughs> they have when you got to go, you got to go. When you got to go, you, you got to go. She had to get in there and take care of some Bennett. Mm. Those TNA gas stations, I travel a lot on the road. They have really good bathrooms and the doors go all the way to the ground love that you ever shower at one no i've you always wanted that there to do that there are tnas at every one of the strip clubs that have funerals <laughs> oh. you go and you get a shower have you ever Thank showered you. like a trucker in one of those gas stations no no okay i once did i once did a um we did a 100 question in my fraternity a 100 question uh test that and you had it you got a score so and they got harder and harder and harder so you know number one have you ever had a beer or any yeah, beer? Yeah. Of course, so you know you're going to get one point. And it would all up to 100. So if you answered correctly on number 100, it was 100 points on your score. And so as we went through, you know, the first 40 or so just rolled off. And then they started becoming more and more, you know, well, were there ever two girls with the guy that yeah, we yeah, know yeah. was ever blah, blah, blah. You know, so it was a drug, alcohol, kind of sex thing. And by the time we got up into the 90s, we were really getting innovative. But we didn't want to do like super dumb things. So was there a farm animal with you and right, the three girls? Yeah. So we had to go. So I remember my favorite question that I made up was, have you ever used water from a puddle in your bong? <laughs> have you ever used? Have you had to spilt your bong in your car? Sure. And had to dip it in a puddle. And use... Sure. <laughs> that was like a '94. If you got that. Yeah. If you hit bong. Well, you hit bong that's puddle. A big, that was a big, big score. That was a big one. That was that, actually a big one. That survey would probably get your fraternity shut down today. Well, now it there's is, so yeah, many you stupid man, rules. Man, listen. If I told you some of the things we did, in uh, we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about. A, a new addition and speculation about the New England Patriots during the Spygate era and some of the extent that the Philadelphia Eagles went to in order to counter that. Right after this on the Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Brent Axe 4 to 6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hello! And we are back. We are live. Yes, we are. So, let's talk about, uh, we're going to mix a little bit of fun fact, um, some sources that sadly uh, um, would probably be fired if they they were to be discovered after telling me some information that I was able to... uh, um, acquire um, via telephone last night and then early this morning. And so let me first say that uh, this is not a um, a guaranteed fact, but it, it was told to me from a friend who I know that um, has a close relative, a sibling that works for the New England Patriots, that there is actually an amount of money in their budget for these covert operations that they've been... That now, I, I said, really? I go there. He said... You know, it's hidden in, in certain categories, but it is allocated for them to do things like videotaping and hiring people that read lips and all these different things that they've been supposedly from the Jets to, you know, other games that they've played. And I, I found this quite interesting. This is like, you know, the CIA here. You know, yeah. they've, they've got... Uh, what was know, it called? F- like, the, like the gray budget or whatever, where yeah, they have so like so a $10,000 so hammer or something? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, no, that's different. That's because, um, say the Navy says they want, let's just make it an easy number, $100 is their budget next uh-huh. year. And they know they're only going to spend 90 of it. In order for them to get at least 100 the, the following year or more, they've got to cover and spend all the money they had. So oh, suddenly in gotcha. the last quarter, they're spending 
eighty dollars on a tack. You know, they're they're just trying to fill up their thing. But but this is what what this leads to. This supposed thing. How about, long before Madden has that on GM mode? Oh, you can, uh, on the video games where you can cheat on your opponent. Oh, that'd be so great. That'd be so great. Like, click a thing here if you pay enough enough, yeah. enough chits. Yeah. And you can find out what the next play is going to be yeah. or steal a couple of signals. That's beautiful. So the Eagles in the Super Bowl, knowing what the New England Patriots were capable of, believe it or not, went to hilarious measures leading up to the Super Bowl in the case the, in case the Patriots were cheating. And allow me to tell you how. Believe it or not, and here's a quote, According to the Eagles' long snapper, Rick Lovato, he believed that their entire walkthrough at U.S. Bank Stadium was a sham to prevent any Wanderers or New England from relaying news back to the team. So, in other words, Doug Peterson actually had them come out and walk through plays and go through a warm-up practice at the Super Bowl site that none of it was what they really run in their offense or defense because they actually anticipated that they were being spied upon and wanted to send false information to New England Patriots. How crazy is that? Who would be in the arena while they're practicing? Oh, come on. I've I've experienced this firsthand. I go to set up the radio broadcast, and I will be thrown out of if gym, they're running plays gyms and-, and football stadiums the day before. Until practice is over, because coaches are paranoid. Like the radio guy is going to funnel back. Well, they don't know who you are. Well, no one's to say that it's a stadium. How easy would it be to put a camera in yeah. there a week before and True. turn it on? True. But it's insanity. Like they're so paranoid. Like, well, to the point where you're going to take Nick Foles and your first offense out there and run, you know, Jet Twenty Two, Jet Twenty Two, yeah. you know, and you run into plays not even in your offense, right? And going through the motions of doing that. Just to possibly sell the propaganda, you know, and, and, and I, I find that. But it just, resulted in a Super Bowl win, so maybe something about it. Their so, defense clearly was fooled because on that play that he uh, caught the uh, touchdown, all of them yeah. they gave up a ton of points. So. We've yeah. been watching the wrong tapes. What was this? <laughs> yeah, where's Squiggy? Get him in my office. You know? I just picture like a janitor with like an earpiece and sunglasses, kind of like yeah. sweeping <laughs> past. What, what's what's the frequency, Kenneth? Yeah, exactly. What's the frequency, exactly Kenneth? Right. Oh, my God. Is Belichick really not as good as we thought he was? He's just a great mastermind spy with a staff. The Russian. Yeah, he's the, yeah. He's the Putin of uh, he <laughs> is. the NFL. He's Vladimir Birkenstock. <laughs> well, no, you, you can spy all you want. You still got to have a good team on the field. Well, That's of course. Thing, well, listen, know. I don't think. But, but again, if you, uh, you know, there, there was in baseball, I think it's even more prevalent because usually catchers, maybe from game to game or time to time, will change their signals. But, you know, it's not rocket science. They've got one means of fastball, two means of curveball, three means of slot, whatever it is. And then there's a sequence that he does it in that you know the third number, let's say, whatever the third number is of five, is the number you're throwing. Sure. So, you know, there have been guys that have, for sure, in the bleachers, it's considered, even though it's not a rule against it, that a batter can literally turn around and look. You can't stop a batter from looking, but it's just one of those protected things that you're not supposed to yeah. do. But that does not stop a guy with a telescope, you know, from sitting in the stands and radio with his cell phone on, going two one two two, and they crack the code sure. within half an inning, and they go curveball, tell him curveball. Now he can get pick up a signal, the batter from a coach telling him what it is, and that can happen very quickly if you're a guy who's a, a better home run hitter than he is, and many of the, the long ball hitters traditionally hit home runs better off of fastballs, 
than they do off of breaking balls. But if you know a breaking ball is coming mm-hmm. ahead of time, that's a tremendous advantage you know, that you have against the pitcher. There's no more the element of surprise or you having to be way ahead of a pitch because it's moving much slower than it was and it's breaking. Or if it's coming at you and you know it's breaking, you know it's going to end up being six inches lower than it is at the top of its flight. So you're going to swing lower. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, for sure. There's a lot of that goes on in baseball for sure. I got into a weird vortex about the earpieces that the quarterbacks have. Uh-huh. And how I think I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like an official is listening in on the transmission from the coach to the earpiece to make sure that nothing shady like that's well, happening. Well, they do that in case one goes out. So oh, if they, one goes out, the other team's got to shut theirs off. So that way they can. Oh, tell who's so they out make the sure. Earpiece. Yeah, gotcha. So if you have inferior equipment or your 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 quarterback gets you know whacked in the head and his unit goes out, you got to tell the other guy to turn his off. Yeah, the other. See, now that's what I want to know. I want to go. Turn on the B unit. Turn on the B unit. Well, he's got, he's well, got the, one in another ear. a different frequency. Yeah. Who were the Patriots playing where their headsets went out? The other team's headsets the Steelers. went out. Yeah, the Steelers' headsets went out. So. I buy it. He was talking to him the whole time. <laughs> so I think it would be more interesting to turn around and be able to intercept their feed and go, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just so scream start, over start it. babbling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got pretty hair, Tom Brady. You, you got, got a, a pretty mouth. pretty mouth, Tom. <laughs> How's that GG? Or you get Rich Little to do voices. <laughs> oh! And he calls the plays for him in Belichick's voice. Let me nail it. Rich Little is very topical. Very topical <laughs> reference, Paul. Rich you. Little? Yeah, he's killing it with these references. Rich Little's 90. 90. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel, all the kids know Rich Little. Come on. <laughs> There's 100,000 people Googling right now going, yeah, no, I don't know that guy. Meanwhile, my grandfather's like, yes, I love the Rich Little references they're making at ESPN. Yeah, exactly. Our target audience was, was, was born in 1940. Oh, finally, we got something to wrap their heads around. Yeah, I like Rich Little, though. He was very, very talented. <laughs> is he dead? I don't know. I think he's still alive. I think Rich, I'm going to bet Rich Little is still alive. All right, Rich, he's going to be 84 years old. Oh, he's got to be in his 90s. How old? Rich, oh, it's. I'm saying 84 and he's still alive. Rich Little is 79. Yeah, see? And he's still alive. Yeah. And he still works, I think, in Vegas. Oh, my God. He's probably doing seven shows a week still. (laughs) (laughs) His hairpiece looks like it's 10 years old. Uh, But he's one of those guys that's still on stage, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the man of a thousand voices. Yeah, let's do- He's still uh, doing George Burns and Burns. Oh, I love it. (laughs) But you know what, though? What's funny is is if you take at the top of their career, you can can circle the hotels on the main strip in Vegas, and then you turn around and you you get into your- Early sixties, and you're 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 a block off the boulevard, you know, yeah, or, you're, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you're down the boulevard. By the time you're seventy nine and you're still doing George Burns, you know, you're in, <laughs> you're in Henderson, Nevada. Yeah, you know? exactly right. I, you're way off. The I'm forty five years old, and and Rich Little just I remember him being on the Carson on the Tonight Show, and it was oh, yeah. like my favorite. Like when he'd come oh, yeah. he out and great. do Bob Hope, he would kill it. Yeah, he was he was he was very very talented. Uh, um, I've I've actually met him a couple of times. One of the interesting things about guys like him is they don't even in regular conversations stay who they are very long. They don't. I mean, they jump around. Well, he's suddenly doing a voice, or he's suddenly doing. It, it's. I remember when I worked with Robin Williams. I worked with him, and it was a very tense atmosphere. His character and mine, and I knew Robin going in, but I chose not to be friendly with him. Not that I was mean, but I didn't talk to him at all, mm. and that really bothered him. Wow. And so he he called me a couple of days into it. And he said, do you want to have some dinner? And I said, no, bro, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And he said, so you, this is all about the character, I hope. And I said, 
Absolutely, it's all about the car. His he he was visiting Baltimore from Iowa with his two children, and they walked down the wrong block on the way out of Camden Yards after seeing a baseball, and they walked into a very bad neighborhood, and they got robbed. And when the wife wouldn't turn the locket over, the guy shot her right in the face and killed oh. in front of the kids. So I'm the investigating um, uh, homicide detective on the case, and he didn't like me, you know. And this was in the in the in the show, but it was very hard for me to have scenes with somebody who I actually admired and I liked and I knew and play this and stay and this is a very important episode to me because he was such a legendary actor sure, and Barry sure. Levinson was actually directing the episode so I chose to to not talk to him but it was interesting because afterwards it garnered a lot of attention Robin was nominated for an Emmy as a guest star on television on this particular episode very touching and and, uh, and, and intense episode for the show uh, and I remember the the uh, female that from the entertainment section uh, division of the L.A. Times said to me, so you knew Robin before. What was it like working with him? I said, well, you know, people don't realize because they think of all the sticky stuff that he does. And they think the Good Morning Vietnam characters and they think, you know, Nanu Nanu and all that stuff. I go, but go and look at the movie Awakenings and go look at some of the body of work this guy's done as a dramatic actor. Oh, He's actually a very talented actor, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, so to watch him do this was really fun for me. And she said, well, you know, did you get to know him any? better what's what's it like getting to know robin williams and and you know and i don't say anything in my life where i gild the lily very much i'll usually just not answer if i don't want mm -hmm. to and i said does anybody really get to know him yeah and she said to me what do you mean by that well you know i mean every time they said cut he was suddenly doing john wayne and he was doing this guy and he was doing you know a stereotypical gay guy's voice yeah, and yeah. very effeminate and he was doing this and that yeah he just was always on and i you know and now when you look at what what occurred and what happened to him i think that he was uh um, I think he was the kind of guy like a lot of stand-up friends of mine who just are very uncomfortable being themselves mm -hmm. or are or, or not that in touch with who they really are because I got to know nothing over that course of time anymore about Robin and nor was I interested in either, but I just watched him constantly be on. Yeah. He was doing the show all the time. It it's was, protective. It's trying to keep you from getting to know yeah, who yeah, he is. Yeah, for sure. The dark it, guy it, that it, was in there. It, you're right, it was. You By wanna, the way, your Nanu Nanu reference also... Topical. On the <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Did, 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 did Rich Little ever do Nanu Nanu? Yeah, I, don't know. That'd be I bet a, you have did to Google it. it. Is, is, there, is there a light going off at Rich Little's house right now that someone in Syracuse is spending too much time talking I about? I say him? we get Rich Little on the show. Get I'm gonna, I will, I'm I will do get everything Rich, in my power to try to get him. I'm going to get Rich Little on the show. Let's make it. We'll come sure. back. We'll make our predictions for tonight's Mystery Cuse game. Mystery guest. <laughs> 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 well, we wouldn't know who it is. He'd be so good. All right, we'll come back. ESPN Radio Syracuse. Do you believe? Ice Hall is prepared! How's yours? Quatrains from the Great One. What is this? It's time for Nostra Daniel. Wreckage abroad in forms of rubble. The orange lurk upon the bubble. The south their home of Tar Heel fame. Victorious is Cuse in tonight's game. The Great One has spoken. Wow. He's dizzy. He's coming out of his... <sighs> We're right here, Daniel. You're in the what studio. What it, We're in the studio. The show finish? No, well, almost. You we wish. You <laughs> wow. <laughs> what did you do today? He's got an edge about him all day edge. today. He's got an edge about funny, him. Funny. still funny. But, but there's something going. There's an he's undertow. Feeling he's feeling good. There's a, there's a, no, 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 no. Oh, something like he's on. like a little grizzled. Yeah, yeah. Or, or last night she said, get out. No. <laughs> so there's some little thing. Are you... Uh, are you picking Cuse? Of course I pick Cuse. In the upset against number 10, 
at home, and the, I'm going to tell you what it's going to come down to. And can, can the great one be wrong? He has been very rarely. And I'm going to tell you this. Look at this one stat, and this will determine it all. Number one in the ACC in offensive rebounding is North Carolina. They live and die off the offensive board. If Syracuse can neutralize, and this is going to be fundamental basketball, Chuke is going to be a big part of it in the middle. You have to stop them getting second chances on the offensive glass. So you've got to put a body on them. You've got to box them out. They're not a big lineup. Chuke will be the tallest guy on the court. They're running a center around that's only 687 foot two which means he's got a decisive, by the time he puts his arms up, advantage. But is he going to put a body on him and take, if he if he, he hits double digits and rebounds, Syracuse wins the game. I, I think he's accurate. I think he's right. I couldn't agree with you more. It's, you hold him to one and done, yeah. and you're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have their streaks when they get hot. They're going to run three guards at him for sure. They don't have a true center, although the kid plays pretty well for, for Carolina for his size. But we got a seven foot two guy in there. And remember, he's gonna. Ch- there's no stat on how many shots he changes, how he causes you to miss. So he's gonna be a big size guy in there. But more importantly, he can't get beat to the ball by a guy who drives. He changes his shot. They have to rebound by committee. But if Chuk goes double digits and rebounds and limits their offensive glass, Syracuse upsets number ten, and that means all they got to do is beat Boston College, I believe, and they're in the NCAA tournament. Their center is a nightmare. Shooting wise for Syracuse, he's a nightmare matchup. You got to guard him everywhere on the court. Well, he okay, but you, but you say that, but you know we're going to play a zone. What takes by by playing Beheim zone? You don't expect Chuke to have to go out there and go and go, even though the center can uh, yeah, shoot he, threes. Yeah, and he's he like can, a Bill Lambeer. Yeah, and you know he can I mean? knock down a, a fifteen footer or hit that free throw shot. Yes, but he's not going to chase him. He's going to chase him. They're going to have to collapse in the zone. If NC comes out and shoots really hot from outside then we're going to have a tough time. But we definitely, it's going to come down to boards, I think. Dome will be electric tonight. You can get all that action over on our brother station, TK99. Of course, post game right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. If you missed any of the Daniel Baldwin show today, go subscribe. Look for ESPN Syracuse in Google Play or your iTunes store. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino.